0: starting a new series today, and this is going to take us, yes, um, you're like, what is a series? A series of messages based around, for us, scripture. We love to do that. We use scripture in the church. <laughs> what a phenomenal, nominal idea, okay? Um, but what we wanted to do, we just concluded, like, you know, the, the Beatitude series, man, that was so great, but I kind of got stuck in it in a good way, right? Not bad in a good way, and as I was reading further on in this Sermon on the Mount, I felt like there was still more from the Mount. Are you with me from that? Are you with me on that? Okay. So, more on the Mount is where we're going for the next five weeks, which will be a lot of fun for us because there is some key teaching in there that Jesus shared with his disciples and his followers that would help them post Beatitudes, okay? Beyond the Beatitudes and how, in two ways, how they have relationship with him, okay? But also how they have relationship with others. And let's be real life is about relationships, isn't it? Think about it. The greatest joys of your life have been relationships The greatest sorrows of your life have been relationships. So what we want to do is take a look at this teaching that Jesus shared from more on the mount, okay? And how does that apply to our everyday lives? What can we take with that? What can we glean from that? And how can we grow, okay? There are like 18 teachings. Did you know that? Like 18 teachings outside of the Beatitudes. Yeah. Did anybody else go like, whoa, with me? Okay. And a lot of them... Um, are kind of snippets, like little little flashes in the pan. But some of them are really big, thick, meaty, good things. Anybody want some steak all of a sudden? Oh, we'll talk about that more later. Okay. But you know, these are, some of these are some big stuff in the pan that you definitely want to make sure that you're chewing on. Okay. So what we're going to do is we are going to literally go through the scripture. This, I love that we go through scripture, a great idea in church, go through scripture and expose what it says to us today, what it was saying then, what he was saying then and what it says to us now. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. This is going to be fun though, because we're going to learn a lot along the way. All right. So this is more from the Mount today. We're talking about, about salt, light, and law. Is that exciting? You're like, no! No, who talks about the law and church? It's separation of church and state. No, it's a little different, all right? We're going to get into this and it's going to make some sense to you, okay? But we're talking about salt, light and law today, and this is going to be kind of subdivided even within itself because you got salt and light on this side and then you got law on this side, all right? So we're going to have a mini sermonette on the front end and a mini sermonette on the back end, but it's all going to make sense and you're not going to be here forever. How about that? Okay, cuz you're thinking, "Oh, wow, we're having two service times in one service." No. It's still going to be good, and it doesn't have to be eternal, okay? It doesn't have to be everlasting to be eternal, all right? So we're going to start with salt and light, and this is so important for us because we see that Jesus is saying post the Beatitudes, right after the Beatitudes, of who you are as a follower and disciple of Christ, okay? He's telling you who you are, and this is very important for us to know because if you are in this world, you know that everything else will try to tell you who you are, right? Are you with me on that? So it's so important for Jesus to tell us who we are. So we're going to start with Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You can follow on your screen, and I'll read with you, okay? Um, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out And trampled underfoot. You get that visual that the salt is just thrown out in the road and people walk upon it. That literally it makes the road in that way. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. They put it in a place that it can be seen, right? And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You have probably heard this scripture numerous times if you grew up in church or if you've been in church for just a couple years. You've probably heard this before. But I want us to, to have some, some fresh ears and some fresh eyes and fresh heart as we listen to this. Okay, And it's so important because we are that captive audience today with Jesus listening to what he says about our lives. He says this first, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Jesus, again, is speaking to his disciples and speaking to us today and telling us about our lives and who we are to be. Jesus calls them out and tells them who they are. He says these key things in here. You are called flavorful. Think about that. Anybody, again, let's go back to that steak on the grill. You You smelling that with me? Are you feeling that with me? Steak in and of itself is pretty good. But when you throw some salt on that bad boy, seriously, my stomach just started growling. This is weird. Okay, but when you throw some salt on that bad boy, a little bit of pepper for spice, but salt brings out the true flavor, doesn't it? You ever had some potatoes? You know what I'm talking about? You whip some potatoes up, you're like, man, I love mashed potatoes. Nashed potatoes up in this joint, okay? But sometimes what well, you need, butter number one, ask Paula Dean. Number two, don't ask her about everything though. Number two, you need some salt on them bad boys to bring the flavor out. Right? Jesus says that you are the salt of the earth. You are the flavor of me that brings out in others what it's supposed to be. Isn't that crazy to think about? That you are the salt of the earth, okay? And you bring out, you you express my flavor in others. And when you are around, you bring out what's in them. So important because he's telling us who we are here. You are called representatives of Christ. Not only do you bring the flavor, but you also are a representation of who Jesus is. He's telling them and challenging them, look, you're it. You are it from here on. you got to understand things are going to change. I'm going to be gone. You are my representation. It's so important for us to get that we are called representata- <laughs> representations of Christ. You are also called disciples and apostles. You're called followers, but you're also called people that are going out with a message. We forget this stuff about ourselves, don't we? We get so downtrodden. We get so just d- depressed at points, and we get so just deflated at points, but we, that we forget who we are in him, that we have something to give, that we have something that will add value to people's lives, that we are flavorful, right? That we are representations, that we are disciples, all right? But also apostles. So important for us to understand. We are the salt of the earth. Christianity cannot exist on with just the name. It has to be attached and exhibited for the one it's named for, Jesus Christ. It can't just exist as a name, it has to be attached to the person it exists for, Jesus Christ. It's so important. Second thing, you are the light of the world. You are light of the world. What does this light look like? You see the scripture in front of you. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. What does this light look like? Proverbs 4.18. You will see these scriptures. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining even brighter to the full of day. And you think about that when you wake up in the morning you get a little bit of a glimpse of the light. But as it gets fuller, 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 the day goes on and on and on, more and more light. It, it just, it comes into, floods every space of your life. That's what you are. You are that light that shines brighter throughout the day. Alright, so important. John 8 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We shine brighter because he's in Inside of us helping us to shine bright, right? Does that make sense? He's helping us. John 9:5. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. What is Jesus saying here? While he's here, he's the light. What does that mean on the other side of it? When he's gone, who's the light? You, me, the church, Christians, Christ followers. The last John 12:36 says this: believe in the light while you have the light. So that you can become children of light. All you have to do is believe. Does that not perplex you sometimes? Again, it just blows my mind that all I have to do is believe. Yes, there's coinciding work within our lives. But I have to just believe that he is Jesus. right? And all of a sudden, I become the light that he is. Isn't that a beautiful picture there? When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. And understanding that this is the way it's going to be soon. We are, listen to me, the spiritual light of the world. Think about that. Think about that. In a world that is filled with darkness, you know that. Look at the situations, the relationships around you, the lives that you see every single day. There's a lot of darkness, is it not? Are you with me? Do you sense that at all? Do you sense that at all? Even the 4th of July, we, were, we went down to that little beach area on Cheat Lake. You know what I'm talking about? Back on Morgan Run Road. And it's it's, fun, it's, it gets, it's it's fun to go earlier in the day. But as the day goes on, things start happening in that little cove over there with a bunch of pontoons stuck together. Have you ever seen that before? don't look, just leave. Okay. You will be scarred forever. There should not be 45 year old women twerking ever, 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 ever. This world is dark. This world is dark. Okay. I'm like, kids, cover your eyes. You'll never want to get married. It's like, listen, the world is dark and we are the spiritual light to this darkness. Are you with me? You know it. You see it around you. It's real stuff. But you are the spiritual light to this darkness. You are the one that is going to bring that light. So important for us. Jesus tells us this is who we are. How your life shines is what people will see. How your life shines. Which segues us to this understanding that you are a city on a hill. A city on a hill. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus calls them out again. He says this, that you are a city on a hill. Guys, listen. You were made. You were made, created to brightly shine, to shine bright. You weren't made to be a dull example of Jesus. You weren't made or created to be nothing that is to be hidden in a corner. You are made so that your light of your life can shine so that others can see. It makes perfect sense. Do you take light and do you put it under something if you're trying to light a room? No, you put it in a prominent place. Has your electric ever gone out before? Welcome to West Virginia. Yes, your electric has gone out before. Do you take that lantern or that flashlight and do you put it under a pillow? No, that doesn't make sense because then you're hitting everything in the house as you're trying to find things, right? No, you put it in a prominent place so that it can be seen. Listen, your life is to be put in a prominent place so that people can see the light of your life. You don't take and be top secret Christian. Are you with me? You don't go to work and say, God, I hope nobody asks about my faith today. Lord, I just, I'm praying to you now, Lord, that nobody will ask about you today. Lord, you know I love you, but I don't want anybody to know it. Lord, you know that you're my best friend, but I don't want to be seen in public with you. Lord, you know my heart. Lord, you know it. You know it, and I just don't want to go through it today. You are not made to be hidden. You are made to be placed in a prominent place so that you can help spread light into the situations and circumstances and broken places and dark places of other people's lives. You're made for that. You are the church. That's what he created you for, to brightly shine, to shine bright, to be seen. So important. It must be seen. You're not meant to be hidden. Okay, so now we're going to switch gears. This is the fun stuff. This is the law side of it. You're like, can we just stop with light? Light's so much more fun. Light is so much more fun than law. This is essential for us, though. It's essential because Jesus brought it up and wanted us to have our attention drawn to it for a reason. It's important for us to understand this law perspective because Jesus made some statements about it when we go forward, which you'll hear about next week, about the Ten Commandments, right? This law stuff that's important for us to still carry today. It's essential, okay? Matthew five seventeen through 20. You'll see it on your screen. Follow along with me and I'll read for you. Five seventeen through 20. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. And we've talked about this kingdom of heaven understanding here and there, in this perspective, right, and this understanding here. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Does this sound like some hard verbiage, like a hard conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples and followers? Yeah, because his love is so great for them. He's called them out and told them who they are, but he's also telling them that, listen, you got to have a base of operation still, okay? You have to have a base of operation that's so important for you called the law. And he's saying some key things about this that I want to make sense for us, okay? First, an understanding of what these laws were then, okay? we got to understand the basis of this. Three types. The first, moral law. Okay? Direct commands of God that Jesus himself obeyed. So important to understand, and it'll make more sense later, i.e., the Ten Commandments. Ceremonial law, specifically related to Israel's worship primary focus was to point forward to Jesus Christ, okay, to point forward to the coming Savior, all right, to look ahead to the one that would take away this ceremonial law in a way and fulfill it, right? Does this make sense to you? The one that you wouldn't have to have a lamb die because the one lamb once and for all died, okay? Those things like that make sense. But also civil law applied to daily living of Israel, how they lived within their communities, okay? So you see these three aspects. But there's some truths that we find in this law that's so important about us, Jesus, and the law. There's some truths, and I want to help you glean these really quickly this morning. Jesus came to fulfill the law. We see that, that he came to fulfill the law. You see the top ten list before you, right? You see that? You'll see the ten commandments listed before you a quick reminder of what this law is and what it still is to be today, that it hasn't changed, okay? And what's is so important about this, when we say Jesus came to fulfill the law, Jesus was saying that, listen, I've done all this. That's what he was saying. Not that I've come to to take all of that away, but I have come to show you that you still need to do these things. These Ten Commandments still stand. These are still important. These are a great moral law, a moral basis for you to make decisions from in your life. Doesn't it make sense? Do you think it's a good idea not to murder someone? (laughs) Yeah, prison's not fun, okay? Are you with me? Orange is not the new black. I don't care what they say. It's not fun, okay? You think it's a good idea to steal stuff? No, nah, probably not. Okay, not a really good idea. So what we're going to do is, is, is be set up for what we're going to talk about in the future because Jesus is setting the stage for them to talk deeper about these laws. Okay, this, this law here, these commandments that are so important. Okay, so you see that as the basis of understanding that he came to fulfill these things and he was challenging them and us today to do the same thing. Don't throw these out with the bathwater. Still put them in your life and listen to them. Listen, when I talk to people who don't know Jesus, I I say this. I kind of create this situation. I said, look, what if it is all just a bunch of junk? What if it is just a big lie? What if it is just a big hoax that that Jesus really isn't the Messiah, that that God isn't really wasn't our creator? You know what I mean by this? You know, you try to get in the understanding of others that don't believe the way you believe. And I always want to do that. And you do the same. You want to be with them and journey with them so that they can find the same faith that you have. What if it is just a, a bunch of nothing? If you follow these things, your life will end up better, won't it? Just for that sake. But the thing is this, we know that it's not fake. We know that it's real, that we know that there's heaven and hell, that God did not design us to go to hell, but to be with him forever in heaven. So therefore, we know we want to follow these, yes, for a good life, but also an understanding that we will be with him forever, forever and ever. And he set these things in place so that our lives will be better while we're here until we're with him forever. If we all had this moral basis, how would life change? If morality was based off things like, how would life be this law? Think about it. Think about it. If everybody did this, if everybody followed this law, how would our lives look different? Jesus said that I came to fulfill these things and you should do the exact same thing. And he said, listen, that this will not disappear. It will stay. You see that as a second point, that his law will stay and not disappear. He says, very truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will be by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. What is everything being accomplished? This understanding that he came the first time, that he lived his life, he died on the cross, he was resurrected, right? We know this, that he then comes back for the church and that there's this new heaven and earth. We see this idea that is the fulfillness of being accomplished. But what he's saying is not a single thing, not a jolt and tittle. You ever heard of that before? Not a single stroke of the pen. You just got to go British on it. It's more fun. Okay. But you see this understanding that not even the smallest parts will disappear until it is accomplished. None of this stuff will pass away. Not even the smallest single letters or, or, or words or sentences or commandments will disappear until it is fulfilled. God's law is still powerful today. And we need to be willing, listen, as Jesus was, to come up under this law. Don't be afraid of it. Don't run from it. Come up under it. Embrace it and see what happens with your life. It'll be amazing. Here's the other side of it, though. Disobedience leads to less. Matthew five nineteen. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these. Remember, I said the jolt and The smallest part, the least of these commands, okay? And teaches others accordingly will be called the least in the kingdom. I know we struggle with trying to figure things out sometimes, don't we? And we want to have open conversation with people, all right? But as a believer, you will be accountable in this way, and we'll talk more about this in a moment, for what you teach others as you're in that process of growth. You think about that, right? We have to be careful to fully embrace this and also to make sure we're careful not to disobey that. Because what will happen in that kingdom of heaven, not just the one now that he's creating our lives, but the one that will go on forever there, will be the least in that place. That's not God's plan and design for your life. It's so that you can be more, not less. All right? Number four, we are held accountable, like I said before, to what we do and teach. Matthew 5, 19. You see that before you we are held accountable for what we do and preach therefore anyone who sets aside remember the least of these okay and teaches others accordingly will be called the least of the kingdom but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven we are held accountable for what we do and teach even the small things matter in life do they not think about it in your relationships even the smallest of of actions or in actions, the smallest of phrases, the, the smallest of words, the smallest, right, of things that we do matter. And you think about it in glimpse of eternity. You think about people's lives. Even the smallest things matter. All the law also weighs the same. If we were to put the law on the scales of life, if you put one on this side and one on the other, it still weighs the same. What Jesus is saying is, look, don't favor one over the other. And you look at that with the life of the Pharisees and the teachers, they would try to elevate certain things over others, but it all weighs the same. I remember that when we were in like chemistry class, you remember that growing up and they would put things on the scale and they would ask you, which one do you think weighs more? right? And it would be the density of one versus the other that would fool you, right? Are you with me on that? And you think about this in life. So often we do that with the law, with what God has said, the directions he has given us, but it all weighs the same. And it is all significant. None of it is insignificant. So important. Equal obedience is essential. Equal obedience is essential, guys, to all of it. It's all the same. So obeying them all equally is a must. And actions speak louder than words. Think about that. When you talk about what you do, right? So often people will say, well, I thought you were upset with me. What do you mean? I didn't even say anything to you. Well, the way your, your, your body language was saying, you know, you, you were angry. You're like, I wasn't angry. I was thinking about this or that. You think about your actions and what we do. Our deeds speak louder than what we say. And sadly, but also in a good way, people are watching what you do. And it's either helping them or hindering them to find Jesus in this world. And this is something that we want to remember too. Nothing man will say can trump what God has spoken. Nothing that man can say, no other laws that are created, let's put it in that context, can trump what God has spoken in the beginning. It cannot supersede it. It is not greater because what he has said is the greatest and we still hold to that today. Are you with me? Does that make sense? You're like, can you turn the fire hydrant back? Are you with me on that? A lot of stuff here, isn't it? But it's so important for us to understand these things. So important because it will change your life when you live by those types of rules. Okay? When you live by those types of rules. The last thing is this, Our worship team's going to come up now and get us ready uh, to worship God one more time this morning. Your right standing must stand above. So important. What does this mean? Your right standing must stand above. Matthew 5:20. For I tell you that unless your righteousness, your right standing, surpasses that of the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders, the keepers of the law of the day. Unless it surpasses them, right, and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you, but that's, that's kind of scary. So you're saying that where I stand in life will determine where I stand forever? That's what Jesus is saying. Because it's okay, you know, in, in people's minds to be religious, But we don't want to live this life out of religious rote. We want to live this life out of relationship with him. And if we stand in the right place with him, we will be able to stand above. Think about that. You ever been on a really big bridge, you know, a really big bridge or a tall building? And the the, the loftiness that you feel in that moment because all of the things that are below you. And you think about that with your life. And what happens when you stand with him? You stand above the things right, that once had you tethered to the ground, once had you tethered to a different life, which once had you tethered to a different lifestyle, to all of these things. He's calling us to stand above. Otherwise, we won't find our place with him. I think this is so important because remember, Jesus concluded talking about these beatitudes and how you'll be blessed in the midst of persecution and setting it up for the disciples to understand that you got to follow these things because, listen, people are not going to want you to even most likely be around them. And in a lot of ways, you're going to feel like you're by yourself. But you're standing with me, so you're not alone, and you're standing above. Not that we exist apart from people, because we are here to be with people. But it's this understanding that when we are with him, we bring others to that place too. Are you with me? So important, but how do we do it? We continue to follow his law. We continue to understand that we are salt, and light, So take a moment with me this morning and close yourselves in with him. And I don't know about you, but as I, as I was studying and reading through these things, you know, conviction set in my life. The Holy Spirit was saying, hey, man, you need to think about this more. You need to look at this more. you got to understand who you are as God's kid, that you are a representation, that you are set apart for great things, and, and that you got to remember that you have to, to be that reflection of his light. Maybe for you, that may have been a challenge this morning, too. He said, you know, I, I just I feel like I haven't been the best reflection that I should be. I feel that my, light has, my life has not exemplified His light. That I'm not necessarily set apart, but I'm just the same as everybody around me. And I feel that Jesus wants me to go higher with Him so that I can stand above these things. Not the people, because I want to be with the people. It's not that. But that my life can stand above so that people can see me. I'm standing above. I'm set apart in this way so that I can give light to their lives too. Even though you may be in the midst of a situation, maybe a tough workplace, relationship, you know, figuring out your life and things like that, God can help you stand above it and still put his light in that situation so that you can shine for others to see. Let your life speak louder than your words. So how do you respond to this? Number one, you make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You make sure that you are a disciple of him, that you are a follower, right? Because when you're a follower of him, you will want to tell people about it, which means you will then in that way have that apostleship in your life, right? You're someone who's telling your messenger. But you got to make sure you're right with him. So important. And if you have doubt in your mind, that might tell you that you're not in the right place. And that's okay. Let's, let's work through that today. But the other thing is this. You, you may be struggling to, to un- identify that, that you have that light, but also that you need to really carry his law more in your life. So, if you feel like you need to maybe give your life to Him for the first time, or maybe give it to Him again, let's start there. And and how do we respond to that? You just simply look at me, and I agree with you in this moment. We're going to pray. So, if you feel like you need to take that first step first, just simply look at me. Okay? Alrighty? Okay? Alright. The greatest miracle ever. You can close your eyes again. Just close yourself in with God. The greatest miracle ever: salvation understanding that we have been redeemed and we're back with him. But the second is this, is this light and law aspect, this understanding. Have you carried his light well? And are you carrying his law in your heart? Is it written on your life? If you feel like that's where you need to to pray this morning and focus, just look at me quickly and then we'll we'll move on. Okay. Alright, a lot of us. That's good. This is good. This is growth. That's good. All right. Alrighty. Close yourselves in just one more time. Let's just take a moment and thank Him. Number one, for that miracle of salvation that Jesus came and died for us. That He became the once and for all sacrifice. We thank You for that, Jesus. We thank You that You were were willing to say hard things on that mountainside so that we could be in the right place with You. We thank You for that, God. And we thank You that You would remind us of the law and that You came to fulfill it, which means You came to live it. Now, you did simplify it for us. Yes, that if we just love God and love others, all these things will fall into place. But you said, listen, pay close attention to this still. Don't forget. Don't just have a big love fest and forget all this. It's important that you have this moral basis so that you know how to treat, love, and respect each other. God, we thank you that it still stands true today that we can stand on your word and we can stand on that law. We thank you for that thank you for your word and we thank you that it can penetrate our hearts and make a difference in our lives. We thank you for that. We bless you. In Jesus' name.